being here. I'm so excited to be joined with Marla from Bloom Physiotherapy. And we are talking all about we are talking all about pelvic health. Marla, tell me about uh, yourself and about Bloom Physiotherapy and what you do. Yeah, I'm so excited to um, be here with you today, Nicole, and talk about pelvic health because pelvic health is such a taboo topic. For some reason, it's not spoken about, at least it's not spoken about as as much as it should be. Um, I essentially opened Bloom Physiotherapy for that reason. I'm a physiotherapist myself. I'm a pelvic floor specialist. I specialize in the muscles of the pelvic floor. Um, and I opened Bloom Physiotherapy because I want women to have access to um, evidence-based information and talk about these subjects that are generally taboo and not spoken about enough. So leaking urine when you laugh, you sneeze, you jump, you cough. That happens, it's common, but it doesn't have to be normalized. It is not just a part of being a mom. It's not just a part of motherhood. So that's also why I created my um, Instagram account and it's at Bloom Physio. Um, just to give women access to evidence-based real information, free resources, because this stuff is so important. It's not talked about. We need to know what's normal, what's not normal, what's common, what's not common. Um, and regardless of geographical or financial barriers, I want women to know their bodies and know when something isn't right. I think that's the most important. So that's essentially my why. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, what do you, what do you, um, what can you say is the difference between pelvic um, floor physiotherapy and being a pelvic physiotherapist? Yeah. So um, essentially when you think about going for physiotherapy, and I get this question all the time, like how does a pelvic floor physiotherapist differ than a regular physio? Um, so when you go to a physiotherapist, you see them in their clinic, they're treating you for the aches and pains that you have in your neck, your back, your leg, your broken, your torn ACL, whatever it is they're treating you for. I'm essentially doing the exact same thing, but I'm treating the muscles, the ligaments, the bones that you can't necessarily see within the pelvis. So it's sometimes hard to explain to somebody that I'm going to be treating some muscles within the pelvis that we can't necessarily see. And that's why for a pelvic floor physiotherapy session or assessment, you come in an internal vaginal exam may or may not be part of the assessment assessment because that's really a great way that we can get to those muscles. So um, I think in order to explain exactly what I do and what a pelvic floor physiotherapist does, I need to sort of grab my little pelvis here because it's the easiest way to explain all of this. But this is our pelvis and our pelvic floor muscles sit at the bottom of our pelvis, sit at the bottom of the bowl and they essentially go from the front of the pelvis and they go all the way to the back to attach onto the tailbone. Right. So they at the bottom of the pelvis like a hammock essentially okay. like that. And they support our organs they support in a female that's the bladder that's the um the um the rectum and the uterus in the center so that makes up the bottom of our canister what i like to call our core canister the front is made up of our abdominals the back is our spinal muscles and we have our our diaphragm sitting on the top so when these muscles don't work well together if you've had a vaginal birth and things sort of just get turned off down there because of the the um 
scarring or you've had a C-section and, and your abdominals are not working correctly, you get things like diastasis recti, leaking when you are coughing, laughing, sneezing, picking up your little ones, um, prolapse, and we'll, we'll get into talking about all of these things, I'll go into depth later, um, but I, I essentially, the reason why we're doing this interview today is, is, is essentially my why that I explained at the beginning. I just want women to know when something isn't right and what to do about it. So for example, intercourse. Intercourse should never, ever be painful. Pre-baby, post-baby, doesn't matter. Intercourse should not be painful. If you are somebody who experiences painful intercourse, go to see a pelvic PT, figure out what's going on, figure out the why. Um, I think, I think, I, sorry to interrupt, I think so many um, women that, that that happens, and even with um, the diastasis, I, I had, I have it, I have seven degrees of separation, and it never went back, and I didn't know to wear anything, um, you know, to bring it back together, or to, to do any of that, and I didn't know till after my second child, right. so um, pelvic floor physiotherapy is such, um, you know, what is so important in, in, you know, repairing it, especially if you don't want to have surgery. Um, and I, I think that so many women and, and new moms don't know that. So I'm so grateful that you're here to talk about all of these things because it's so taboo and people don't want to talk about it. And diastasis recti, we'll get into it a little bit later, but yeah. it's such a hot button topic right now um, with so many fitness professionals all over the internet and just everywhere saying that you're going to, we can fix you and close your gap and you're never going to close a gap that was there in the first place. So that is my <laughs> to everybody to, um, to ignore those, that the misinformation on the internet and speak to right. somebody what they're talking about but things like that knowing that there is a way that you can bring that diastasis or heal that diastasis and bring that closer together c-sections should be flat smooth not itchy you shouldn't have a shelf-like formation under the c-section leakage after baby is common but not normal so things like that just knowing why they're happening and that they are common but common is different than normal that's that's my key um, and so what other, I know you touched upon some other, um, conditions that you treat, but is there, um, anything else in particular that you, that you, uh, wanted to talk about or to, to bring up that's yeah. common in your practice? Yeah. So, and this is a question I get often is what, what do you, what do you treat as a pelvic floor physiotherapist? I wouldn't even know what to come to you for. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because, um, we see everything from, so we see pregnant women, postpartum, a lot of postpartum women, but we do things not related to pregnancy at all, like urinary incontinence, that can be related to pregnancy, obviously, and overactive bladder. So two separate things, somebody that's going to the bathroom 10 plus times a day, or you, you realize that you're peeing every 40 minutes, or that you're waking up three times in the night to go pee and it's disrupting your sleep. All of those things, we can fix, we can manage those symptoms and, and we can have you sleeping through the night. Um, pregnancy and postpartum care. So labor and delivery preparation is huge within the pelvic floor physiotherapy world, perineal massage and getting you really nice and open there so that we prevent tearing and all those good things. Um, diastasis recti support during pregnancy and after pregnancy, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, and pelvic pain conditions. So I see lots and lots of pelvic pain conditions, whether that's vulvodynia, so that's a chronic pain or discomfort at the opening of the vagina, um, 
dyspareunia, painful intercourse, coccyx or tailbone pain, pudendal nerve disorders, um, bladder pain syndrome, interstitial cystitis, low back pain, SI joint pain, the list goes on, but chronic constipation, there's just so much that involves the low back and the pelvis. And people sort of are just living with these things day to day and they don't realize that there is something, something to do about it. Like the literature says that pelvic floor physiotherapy is the first line of defense for pelvic pain and dysfunction. So it's, it's right there. And just doctors still don't acknowledge it. People don't acknowledge it. So yes. I, I know this is a touchy subject. Um, and what about, especially after having kids, um, and this is, this is really not a comfortable topic to talk about, but hemorrhoids, like, information is too much information for me. Exactly. Like hemorrhoids, like yeah. hemorrhoids is something like after having a baby, um, that's so common. Um, is that something that you help deal with also? Because I know that it's, it, you know, it's your whole pelvic floor. So it's, it's all from your rectum towards your vagina. Yeah, exactly. So see a lot of patients with hemorrhoids and issues with hemorrhoids. And that is also from straining things like pregnancy, um, postpartum after delivery, hours of labor, hours of pushing, and we deal with that as well. There are so many things you can do to ease or manage the symptoms with hemorrhoids, toileting hygiene, making sure you're going pee and poo right. There is a right way to go to the bathroom. There is a right way to get your feet up on a stool so that you open up. Body training for adults. Exactly. Yeah. We open our pelvic floor so that we're emptying completely every time we go. So we're not dribbling later. Like there's so, there's so much. So much. And, um, and, and what do you do, um, you know, for postpartum rehabilitation? Like what, are, what are some of the things that you do? Yeah. So do you mind if we start with pregnancy? Cause I think it's easier to go. Yeah. 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 I didn't know. I didn't know if, um, if you covered it all with the, okay. with prenatal. That's fine. We'll start with pregnancy because okay. there's just there, and I'm just going to touch on all of these subjects quickly because I can speak about them for hours, obviously. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you and everybody listening what I tell my patients when they come to see me when they're pregnant or when they're coming to see me for labor and delivery prep. Child labor is one of the most physically challenging events you will ever have to endure within your lifetime. So I, I, I liken it to a marathon. If you are running a marathon and you know in two months from now, you're going to be running this many kilometers, would you train for that? Would you prep the tissues and the muscles that will be involved in the marathon? And also after or post marathon, would you rehab those muscles and rest appropriately? I love that analogy. That's yeah, so like same, bang on. Exactly. So yeah. same having a shoulder tear or an ACL tear in your knee, we send you to physiotherapy to get help. Right but you have a cut through your abdomen or tearing within your vagina and we send you home and say, have sex six weeks later, go ahead, you're free. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It really, right. really doesn't. So um, it's for pelvic, for pregnancy, um, yeah. we do things like perineal massage. So getting with, into, into the, um, essentially into the vaginal canal here and massaging okay. out the muscles that you see here so that we can prep them, lengthen them and make them more pliable for labor and delivery so that we can minimize, obviously we're not going to control how much we tear at birth, but we can minimize tearing during birth. We can prep you for C-section, which people think is 
don't know about. People think that's crazy, but we can prep the tissues for C-section. Um, we talk about how to exercise smart, how to modify exercises. Um, there's just, there's so many things we do during pregnancy to prep you for labor and delivery and talk about postpartum care um, as well. So postpartum, and I'll just go yeah. into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go, go share your knowledge with us. In the form um, yeah. So postpartum, um, there is, there's so much we can do, but if I'm going to really just put it simply for you, we get you back to the basics, pee, poop, and sex. So right. essentially managing incontinence because a lot of women experience, experience leaking after, after having baby, whether that's with jump rope, lifting their kids, laughing, coughing, sneezing, whatever it is, I call it peasing. Yeah. Um, and how to have bowel movements without pain and how to engage in sex, safe sex without pain, because we know from C-section delivery or vaginal delivery, sex is like a whole new world after having baby. Um, so in terms of C-section, um, C-sections, let's talk about C-sections. There is so much we can do postpartum for anybody with a C-section in terms of desensitizing the tissue there and mobilizing the tissue because there's so much adhesions. They cut through seven layers of tissue, essentially, when you have a C-section, mobilizing that tissue. And women always come in and they just don't put two and two together like, oh, my back pain was from my c-section scar i can see that now that you've mobilized things my back pain is better or my pain with intercourse was from my c-section scar so things that you wouldn't always necessarily um put together but most importantly again i'm gonna just say it again knowing when things aren't right and when to seek help right yeah that is so important i think that women normally you know we're so strong and um we just deal with things, like you said, and we don't do anything about it until we're really suffering. And you don't need to wait to that, to that length. Or, you know, I, after having my baby, which I love this, I still get it. It's been it's almost seven years later. And people are asking me if I'm pregnant because my, I have the diastasis and my stomach protrudes. So um, it definitely impacts you know, the way my confidence, the way that I carry myself, I wear baggier shirts. So I really, it took me till last year to start doing something about it and to start seeing a pelvic. Oh, did you? Yeah. And so, um, and it, you know, it, 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 I've had a lot of the issues. I won't go into details of a lot of the things that you're mentioning. Um, and, and it was such an important, um, part of my healing to, to see a pelvic floor therapist. So that's why I really wanted to have this interview with you today because it's, it's really awareness that a lot of moms and new moms and even moms that already had kids, you know, my oldest is nine and my youngest is turning seven and I didn't do anything about it till last year. So that is a fabulous point, Nicole. And I always, one of the most frequently asked questions I get is yeah. too late. I'm 10, my son is 10. Is it too right. late? is 15. Is it too late? My daughter's three years old already. It's absolutely never too late to rehab anything like pain with in your perineum, um, painful intercourse, diastasis recti, C-section scar. It is absolutely never too late. We can make, I'm actually, so this morning I saw a patient for the fourth time. I've seen her um, for her C-section scar and her son is eight years old. Wow. And has made such amazing gains within three sessions so things should not take that long um to manage right and um tell us about like an overactive bladder because that's something 
that for sure an incontinence that happens in you know even with our parents um, and our moms that that and that's something like when you're talking about not being too late that was the first thing that came to my mind because that's something that that happens as you get older as well um, and even after menopause like that's yeah, just totally. it's a continued yeah. issue unfortunately yeah, exactly. I see women through the lifespan. So I see women well into their 70s and 80s and 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 I'm not only seeing pregnant and young women. So um, I want you guys to recognize that as well. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about bladder health. Um, there's a difference between overactive bladder and incontinence. So okay. overactive bladder is someone that comes to see me and says, I'm going to the bathroom more than 10 times a day. And I have urgency with it. I need to go. I need to go right then. And I'm just going a lot. I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm going a lot. Whereas incontinence is actually a loss of urine, whether that be a small amount or dribble, dribble, or a large amount of urine with activity or not making it to the bathroom on time. So let's talk about normal values first for peeing. So in, in a perfect situation, I'm going to say normal like this because there's obviously a wide no range. No normal, right? Exactly. Right. So what we consider around normal is peeing five to eight times a day. You should have be able to go two to four hours in between each void or in between each pee. Okay. Um, and you should be peeing for a total of at least eight seconds. The way I count that is one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Your streams should be that long with exception in the morning will be a lot longer, 10 plus seconds. Peeing okay. um, in the middle of the night over the age of 55 or when you're pregnant is considered normal. If you are not either pregnant or over the age of 55, we shouldn't really be peeing at night and you can train your bladder just like any other muscle in the body. The bladder is a muscle to not do that, right? Um, and always you should be able to hold off on the first urge without any pain or discomfort in your bladder. So that those things are just important to know if you're wondering, am I, am I normal? Right. Within the normal realm. Um, but it, it's discouraging. So when we go back to speak about incontinence, it's just... I have to mention this because every woman will sit down in my clinic in front of me and say, I've been doing Kegels and my doctor sent me home and told me to do Kegels and things aren't getting better. The worst thing you could do. Right. Ooh, you've been taught well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I didn't know that and I was doing them. So I yeah. learned the hard way. Exactly. Well, firstly, a lot of women do not know how to do a Kegel properly. So that's part of the problem. Yeah. Another part of the problem is some of these women that are experiencing incontinence or an overactive bladder have too tight of a pelvic floor to begin with. So if you are doing Kegels on a pelvic floor that is sitting like that bowl, if it's sitting like this and you're just Kegeling and making it tighter, you're going to make things worse, going to irritate your bladder. Things are not going to be coordinated properly. You're going to get more incontinence and you're going to be peeing more frequently. So it can actually make things worse. So for, for the long term, you're going to want to get into see a, um, a, pelvic, a pelvic floor PT to have yourself assessed because peeing more than 10 times a day, not really great. Peeing at night, not really great. And obviously nobody wants to be leaking their pants with urine, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that also, um, you know, getting up properly was one of the things that I did wrong. Um, learning to get up on your side, not sitting up like this, not doing sit-ups, which is going to make diastasis worse. Wow. Um, there is, um, 
you know, it just, there, there's just so much breathing, the way that you breathe, your central nervous system being overactivated and being stressed and on high alert, you're walking around yeah, like this. If you're not a pelvic physio, you can like... <laughs> I've been doing pink and blue for nine years. So I, uh, I've been, I've learned, I've learned and, and I've dealt with these issues. So like a yeah. lot of this stuff is just like everyday things that until you see somebody like yourself, you don't really realize is not normal or that you're making things worse. And when you're frustrated, I mean, all of us want to look good. Right. And not, you know, matters how you feel on the inside also, but it's also how you look on the outside and how you, your confidence. And, and after having a baby, you know, sometimes you don't go back to the weight that you were or your body doesn't look the same or your hips get bigger. And then on top of it to have a stomach that's protruding and you don't really know why these are all things that affect your daily life. And especially if you're sneezing and you're peeing on yourself. 100%. And I just want to, just because I had a lot of questions yeah. from my DMS on Instagram, yeah. what a diastasis is. So yeah. I that to you. So a diastasis, we'll, we'll have to go into a little bit of the anatomy, but I'll try to make it as simple as possible. We have a line of fibrous tissue that essentially starts at our sternum and goes all the way to our, our pubic bone. That line of tissue separates our six pack of muscles. If you think about that strong guy that you see on the beach, he has his six pack of muscles and then he has that line in the center. When we, when we get pregnant, when we are like during pregnancy, our abdominals stretch out that line of fibrous tissue stretches and gets thin like a pair of yoga pants that have become right. over time and you get that when you're moving positions or you go to do abdominal work you can see that coning or doming we call it that pressure protruding out of the center like in within that thinned out line of linea alba tissue so that coning so diastasis recti happens in 90 percent of women during pregnancy that's why we need to remove the fear associated with oh my god my doctor told me i have a diastasis recti because i have patients coming into the clinic all the time that are just baffled by the diagnosis and it's just like traumatic but it is a normal part of pregnancy what isn't normal is getting that coning or doming through the center of it when you're moving or doing abdominal work and we need to learn how to engage our deep core to prevent that, which is what you do with a pelvic floor physiotherapist. They can guide you. But really, the pendulum has really shifted over the years from if you have a diastasis recti, don't do any exercise to now the new research is coming out. And those who are informed know that you can do abdominal work, you can do crunches, you can do, 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 do. And I encourage all of my patients to do everything but the right way. Right, exactly. And, and I think that that's something that, um, you know, also was that I was doing the exercises wrong. And some of even the trainers that I use were telling me that I was doing it properly and it wasn't. So that, that was something that also like my pelvic, like exactly what you were saying, they were telling me to do more of the exercises that was making it tighter instead of relaxing it. And it was making it worse. So yeah. that's very important too, to go to the right you know, personal trainer and whatever, if you're working with somebody. So what other pelvic pain conditions do you treat? Um, so let's talk, well, in general, I'm yeah. patients for sciatica. That's a common problem within the pelvis. Um, and also during pregnancy, that sort of flares up with some people. Um, SI joint pain, um, something that I see very often is that lightning crotch sensation or that crazy pain sensation that you have during pregnancy that literally feels like a lightning bolt if you're in the front of your crotch. I'm sure you've experienced that. It's a that. fun feeling. <laughs> yeah. So things 
um, things like that, and, and chronic constipation, anything to do with the low back, pelvis, and below, essentially. And a question for you, and this is a little bit personal, but it, it might uh, help other people. When you get, like, I get lower back pain. I have, like, a lot of pain. Is that related? Like, and I get it worse before my period. Does that have anything to do with pelvic health? Yeah, it absolutely does. So that's that's a really loaded question. Okay. And why I, I say that everybody should have an individualized treatment plan because there may, may be many things at play. Um, but, and this is going to sound a bit controversial as well, but periods should never be debilitatingly painful. Also, that's a pelvic health concern. Um, and yes, it can all be related to the pelvic floor. Those muscles go from the front all the way to the back and they affect your whole pelvis and your whole low back. And those are the muscles that things change during the month when your hormones change, right? So everything, it, it has an effect on everything for sure. All right. Guess I'm going, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to come see you Marla very soon. Um, and are, are your services covered by insurance? So I, I know that some insurances cover and some don't, depending on the, the insurance coverage you have, but what is your so take on that? I get this question all the time. Um, and uh, we are covered by most private insurance plans. So pelvic floor physiotherapy is covered under regular physiotherapy services by more often than not most, most private insurance plans. And we work with you, right? I have some patients that come in to see me and they're like, listen, I have enough coverage for two sessions. I'm not coming for any more sessions. Give me all I need to know. So we'll work with you or give you a home program. I'm not just going to say, okay, we didn't finish. Give you more right. to do at home um, to keep you on a maintenance program or give you a home program to get better. And then I have patients that come to me and are like, I have coverage. I want to see you a million times. Great. Right. Right. See some times if it's not warranted, obviously, but um, there's a spectrum and, and it is covered. Yes. It, our, our, our services are covered under regular physiotherapy services. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for being here. Is there anything else that you want to add, um, or any other questions that, that you've got on your end that came through? Let me see. Um, I got, oops, I got some questions through my couple questions through my DMS. Let's see what's here. Perfect. How often would I expect to see you and for how long? That's a great question. I think we sort of just touched on that. Every case is individual. Every case is unique. Everybody should be treated as their own unique individual person. Um, so everybody's different. It really depends on uh, what you're, what you're coming to me for. But um, I think 10 plus sessions would be ridiculous. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what, would you be, what would you be doing in a therapy session? That's a great question. A lot of people ask me because they're a bit nervous to come to a pelvic floor physiotherapy appointment. Um, in a first session, generally what I do is I will assess you just as any other physiotherapist would. I would assess you from top to bottom. I'm not just looking at your pelvic floor. That was another question I got from somebody interested in an appointment yesterday. They were like, are you just going to treat my pelvic floor? <laughs> so then I'd be seeing half of right. your right. So I would assess you top to bottom, the way you walk, the way you squat what your feet look like, what your hips look like. Um, everything is all related. Um, and I would be doing that objective assessment. We would get to know each other subjectively. I would take a whole intake. 
and maybe 10 to 15 minutes of that first assessment would be a pelvic floor assessment if that's even warranted. In some cases, it's absolutely not warranted and we need we can treat what we need to treat from the outside. So it's, it's very um, individual, um, but that's what a typical assessment would look like. There are so many other DMs and I will get back to them all later personally, but um, I thought those were good ones to address. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and I'm sure, you know, one of the questions that came through on my end was that somebody was asking, you know, um, about, you know, feeling comfortable um, with the pelvic floor therapist. So um, I'm sure that you, yeah, like, and so they were asking, you know, how, you know, what if they're a little bit nervous um, or, you know, and you touched upon that a bit, but. Uh, yeah, so I always say if you've ever gotten um, a speculum exam, like a pap smear, it is literally nothing like that. Right. <laughs> Not as torture compared to what we do. Um, but um, it's, 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 we try to make it as, as um, comfortable for you as possible. Um, and it's really a safe environment. And if you are somebody who doesn't want an internal assessment, you tell your pelvic floor physiotherapist that I am not interested. There are definitely other ways that we can treat the pelvic floor muscles without actually getting in there with our fingers. So um, obviously we have the advantage of actually feeling and touching when we do an internal, but there are other ways to treat definitely. And, and the truth is, is that uh, and I know from my own experience, it, exactly. It's not like you're seeing a gynecologist. It's not like that uncomfortable feeling. Um, basically, I was having a conversation on the table. And um, and also, if you've ever, you know, if you've had a baby, then really after that, you just <laughs> you just don't care about anything. Um, it's I, so I remember not pregnant people, right? So we have younger women that it's right. very uncomfortable for them. So right. So I guess you have, you have a broad spectrum, but, um, but uh, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for, for you coming on today and sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom with our audience. I'm sure that you're going to be flooded now with questions. So, so um, you know, try to answer what you can. And otherwise I'm sure that they could um, DM you or what is your website that they could go on? Yeah, so um, I posted on the pink and blue Facebook group today. You guys can comment your questions underneath or you can send me a DM to at bloom physio is my Instagram handle or my website is very simple, www.bloomphysiotherapy.com. Um, reach out. Like, I'm totally happy to answer any questions. I'm all about women empowerment and you guys having the knowledge that you need to make changes in your life. And, and, and I'm just, I'm really passionate about women's health. I, I really want to make a difference in these women's lives. So Amazing. And we're going to be doing um, an Instagram takeover with you. So we will be um, notifying everybody on Pink and Blue when is that, that's going to take place. Um, I'm really excited about that. And um, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And uh, well, we're almost there. It's almost Friday, uh, almost the end of the day. So have a uh, rest, wonderful rest of the day. And thank you, Marla. Well, thank you, everybody.